Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have Mike Lee. Mike Lee has an Instagram site called Assault Weapon. Um, he kind of documented him rebuilding a Livingston, a 14-foot Livingston. Super cool boat. And uh, that it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool boat rebuild. It has, I think, a 60 on it. And he's in the process of building a, another Livingston that's 15 and a half with a 140. So this is a cool one. We get into boat building a little bit. Uh, he also makes really cool rod holders. They're, they're suction cup rod holders. They go up against any flat surface. So if you have a boat like mine, a center console, and you want to throw a couple different uh, rod holders in the front, go check that out as well. Check out the Patreon. We just put up a new video with Matt Purcell breaking down the canine. Um, that's for the third tier. Remember, there's there's uh, three different tiers. Tier five, it gives you a chance in the raffle. Tier um, tier five, <laughs> tier one gives you a chance in the raffle with with uh, for five dollars a month. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Tier two, for fifteen dollars a month, gets you uh, two chances in the raffle with a uh, the live podcast, which I'm trying to set up. We might be doing two in March to make up for the one in uh, February because it's still a lot of crap going on. I don't know if I could fit it in by the end of the month. And then tier three, you get um, your own raffle. You get the four videos, which is Matt Purcell did all of them this month. And uh, yeah, for 25 bucks a month, all of it helps. We're trying to uh, build it, the podcast more this way, uh, the best we can. And you guys have really helped get all this new stuff, new gear. So thank you for supporting whoever's uh, gone out and supported already. Uh, what else do we have going on? Battle the brands tomorrow. If you're listening, you want to come hang out. We'll be down at Davies at midnight weighing in. It's uh, 12 different brands. We're going to fish the wall from 6 p.m. to 12 p.m. and uh, see who brings back the biggest bag. So please come check that out if you can. Check out um, Fishing Alliance March 12th. I'll be there hanging out. There's going to be a ton of different brands there. They'll have some cool sales going on. Also check out Save on Tackle. Um, they're the Patreon supporter this month. Thank you so much, Savon, for uh, donating the reels for the Patreon. And uh, check them out on March 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, the store is open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And they're going to have a ton of great uh, stuff, tons of stuff on sale. Go check it out. I'll probably cruise by and hang out for one of the days, maybe on uh, that Saturday, if you guys want to come say hi. And uh, please check out Savon Tackle, big supporter of the podcast. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It, it helps dramatically. And uh, check out the YouTube. I'm back on it. I think Shane's episode came up the day after or maybe two days after. And Mike's, I'm hoping to come out maybe Saturday. So uh, real busy with the, the whole tournament thing. And then we're going to be back on it. we got a ton of great guests. Maroku, uh, Big Bates is coming in. Um, this one's going to be really good. I mean, a lot of the Big Bait guys are really going to like it. It's Jim Mason. He's kind of the OG Casitas guy. He's coming in with his son in the middle of March. I'm looking forward to that one. He's going to have a lot to talk about with Big Bates. And uh, I'm working on some other guys along with some salt guys. Evan will be coming out. Um, tilt Outdoors. But thanks, guys, for listening. Appreciate it. Give us a five-star review. Check out the Patreon. Uh, check out the website. We're going to have some new clothes soon. Thanks for listening. This episode, we have Mike Lee. Mike does, it's Assault Weapon is the name of the, yeah. is that your brand as well? Race Proven Motors is a company, but that's kind of like our fishing uh, marine DBA, if you want to call it that. Okay. But you do, so you do racing stuff as well? Yeah. Did you used to do that? As yeah, our, we started off performance motorsports, you know, drag race stuff, then shifted into the off-road industry, and um, now we do a lot of private label machining, fabrication oh, really? stuff turbo systems engine parts stuff like that so you're into like the car deal was your thing yeah okay yeah i've been uh, doing it for 20 years now your dad do it too no no yeah what made you get into that just a hobby yeah and uh it it took off and i moved out here uh in 97 to go to school all my family's back east so all by myself I had to kind of figure <laughs> it out on my own check the micro quick sorry yep yep all right more fucking with stuff um where you where'd you grow up at palm beach florida did you fish in florida yeah really yeah totally different fishing Can you, i have a question for you and i always ask this question 
Why the fuck does everyone use spinning fucking wheels? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> right? Do you use spinning wheels? I just bought one like the end of last season. And I tried to buy them a couple times, and uh, I just got ridiculed so hard that I just walked out with my head down and <laughs> gave up. You, you think Matt Purcell would let you use a spinning reel? Fuck no. Yeah, I, I don't But I don't no, know. it's always came up to me. It's like, why do people always use spinning reels um, back east? Because sometimes I think, man, wouldn't it be easier to have like a like a, like, like a bait caster? Or, you know, like, I, I just wonder why. And maybe you, you yeah. could... I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, guys aren't fishing for 60 to 100 pound fish on jigs like with what we do here, you know? It's And you watch guys with a spinning rod just get their ass handed to them and you want nothing to do with it. You know, back east, if they're catching 80 pound fish, it's on like a 50 wide or something, you know? And just yeah. skipping across the boatway coming in. So there, there's no fun in that. but. You know, like some of the inshore stuff, snook, tarpon, redfish, you'll use your little like Tranks 300s or your little bait casters for Back all that stuff. Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. Yeah. Um, how, uh, did you do any bass fishing back east? I don't know, the, like golf lakes and stuff for sure. Like growing up yeah. as a kid with all the little golf carts going around. and That's not really, you don't do a lot of freshwater bass fishing? I don't do any None. freshwater stuff here, oh, no. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so when you moved here, what? How did you uh, transition from fishing there to here? Well, it's kind of weird. Um, when I moved out here, I was in LA for 14 years or something like that, and I knew nothing about the fishing. I didn't know this whole. And maybe back then, the like tuna, LA, Lo Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I went to school up there, and then we lived in the valley, and I started my business there in more of the industrial stuff. So didn't really spend too much time like on the coast or in the water or anything like that and then we moved down to San Diego in 2014 and I kind of met up with some friends and got into the whole sport fishing thing here and I guess right around that time was probably when the whole tuna craze really took off oh that's and, when it was big big deal yeah right so I mean right then there was like people catching wahoo on like the three quarter day trips to the nados and stuff and i was like holy shit this is fucking nuts there's like really good fishing and it started off at the three quarter day stuff at the coronados and i would take my son and um you know that was super cool and then it turned into an overnight and then you're getting the tuna and then all of a sudden it's like day and a half and uh you know that felt like it gave you an ample amount of time to actually capitalize on the fish you'd have like that morning bite and the evening bite and get to fish all day and you know now it's you know the two and a half days three days i did a seven day uh, a couple of years ago to guadalupe how was that yeah it was insane yeah the fishing was so good <laughs> yeah the water was perfect like that was epic so we were looking forward to doing it last year got canceled because of the covid thing um actually that was what two years ago it okay. got canceled um last year i think everything booked up so early because all the cancellations kind of rolled over to last year so I couldn't get on a trip there. And we always go like the day after Thanksgiving, which is kind of hard, like bailing from all the family yeah, stuff, yeah, like halfway through dinner. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, your wife didn't like that either. Yeah. Do you fish with your son a lot as well? Uh, he doesn't really like to fish anymore. Um, How old is he? He's 15. We're in the same, I was 17. Yeah. Yeah. So, true. you know, it was, it's funny cause he was all into it and he's like, dad, I love the fishing. This is awesome. But like, it takes too long to get to the Nottos, you know? It's like five hours of driving. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll buy a boat. So I buy a boat and then I think we fished once and he's like, fuck it, I'm over it. So you, you kind of did it backwards a little, you got into the boating part a little later in, in life, right? So you well, bought the big boat and then, I mean, transitioning into the small boats. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously growing up in South Florida, that's the boating capital of the world, you know, we had, uh, I, I had skiffs, little Zodiacs and stuff from the time I was probably 10 um, that I dragged down on the beach and go fish on the reefs, you know, uh, kingfish, sailfish, uh, snapper, all that stuff. And then you had all the inshore stuff as well. And then I moved out here and I had none of that for, for a while. And then I, I got the bigger boat and uh, that was cool until the gas prices went up to five, six bucks a gallon. And uh, when you have a How boat- How big's your big boat? 29 feet. Oh shit, yeah. you're not fucking around there. Yeah, so it's it's a, it's a <laughs> one to one, you know, 500 horse, two stroke, like gas oh. guzzler, you know? So 
if you're not running a charter and you, you know you don't want to charge your buddies to pay for fuel you know they'd rather go on someone that's got a four stroke or something what you know? does it cost to fill that boat up and like what what is the uh how long does it yeah, last? Yeah, so it's, it's a 140-gallon tank, so at one-to-one, you know, that's about what it averages. You know, you barely have enough range to get offshore 60 miles, look for fish, and come back, you know. You're, you know, and it's it's slipped, so you're talking marina prices, so it's, you know, north of six bucks a gallon now. So that's really what got me into the skiff thing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, for seven, eight hundred bucks to go fish for the day, I'd rather yeah. just jump on a sport boat, like use their bait, let them feed me, let them find the fish. Like I'll just hang out and relax, you know? Um, but there's definitely nothing more rewarding than finding your own fish, like being all by yourself, catching your own fish. Um, you know, those definitely, those memories have, have been the best trips ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get a little 14-foot skiff that you can just throw on your truck, drag down there, throw it in the water, nine miles to the gallon. Uh, you know, it costs 30 bucks to go fish for the whole day. Yeah. Cleaning it up is nothing. Um, oh, I love, like, I love taking my boat because I feel like I, it's, it's, it's small. I have a seven, 16 and a half. And I could do, I haven't taken it to the islands yet. I want to go to Cat. I know it can make it. I'm just... A fucking pussy. <laughs> you know, like, it's, I know it'll be fine. It's just got to pick a day. You know, it's sketch, um, for sure. You know, a lot of people look at you like, this guy is either, yeah, like, completely right? out of his mind or he's just reckless and, you know, stupid. Um, but, I mean, I feel like I have really good seaworthy kind of skills. I got some common sense. I'm very, uh, my situational, situational awareness is pretty good. Um, and, obviously, the preparation is key. You know, so you look at some of these boats, yeah, it's a, a 20, 30, whatever foot boat, you know, but it's old. The wiring's probably deteriorated. Yeah, that's you know, a whole different. Shit's like falling apart and people are still sending it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, the boat's 14 foot, like the dead rise is, is low. So you got to pick your, your weather days and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I purposely bought a new motor. I did all the wiring and rigging and everything myself. So I have like the utmost confidence that everything mechanically is going to be fine. Um, so really it's, uh, you know, and I have a, an EPIRB and, you know, you, if I'm by myself, I wear a life jacket, like all that kind of stuff, you know. So um, safety, you know, I just don't take it for granted. And, uh, you know, now there's, you know, weather apps and stuff that kind of can forecast the wind and you can kind of get a pretty good idea of what you're going to be dealing with. What's um, the, what was the first boat that you got? How many builds have you done? Uh, well, the, the Livingston, the 14 was basically my first kind of, you know, start to finish full restoration build. Um, I've teetered with stuff. Did you have some other smaller boats before that Livingston? No. Yeah, I mean, I had the bigger boat, um, and we did a tower and new electronics and stuff like that, but no fiberglass work or any, like, refurb kind of stuff. So this Why did you pick that boat in Livingston? Um, like over, like, a whaler. You got a ton yeah. of whaler, guys. <laughs> I mean, ironically, oh, like, yeah, so, like. Fuck whalers. <laughs> yeah, no, we won't go there. I, you know, I, all my buddies had whalers when I was a kid, and they're, they're good boats. Um, yeah, so. Some of my workers all through COVID, um, you know, we're talking about getting a boat and looking for skiffs and they're like, oh, you should look at these Livingston's. And I was like, what the hell is that? And like, oh, it's this little cat thing, whatever. And I'm like, all right, you know, I had no interest in a boat at that point. So I went online and um, I'm pretty proficient, you know, finding stuff. It's always a challenge to get online and, and Google things out and, you know, Craigslist or, uh, you know, offer up that kind of stuff. So. I got online and I was searching for boats for him and I finally found one up in LA and I'm like, hey, this is the boat you guys should buy. And it was like super good condition, came with a lot of accessories, all that stuff. I'm like, go buy this thing. And they're all like hammering and hammering. And they're like, nah, you know, it's kind of expensive. Like, I don't want to spend that much. And I'm like, you're not going to find like a clean boat that's like going to be any cheaper, you know? So they ended up dragging their feet and finally I was like, hey, if you guys aren't going to buy it, I'm going to go buy it. So needless to say i drove up there i bought it and uh i'm like this thing would be kind of cool like to do kind of like that back east like flats boat um you know pretty much how i ended up building it but uh 
So we got it back and I, I took it out, just sea trialed it, you know, at night one time. And I was just amazed at how well it handled. I was- Is it really handled that, they handle that great? Yeah, I mean, it cuts through the chop unbelievably. I mean, it handles better than like most 19, 20 foot boats. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, it was way underpowered. It had a 25 horse tiller motor at the time. So it was like, you know, everyone's leaning forward trying to get it up on a plane and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was like a, a little John boat at the time is kind of what it felt like. But it, it was super stable. Two guys standing on one side, you know, leaning over. The boat didn't feel like it was going to tip over. But, I mean, really just cutting through the chop. Um, you know, I'd never been on a boat that actually cut through the water like that. And I was like, wow, this thing has some potential, you know. So I wonder how it would be if, you know, we did a bunch of storage. We put a bigger motor on, you know, center console, remote steering, all that kind of stuff. And I just had that vision of, you know, how clean some of those back east bay boats or uh, flats boats are. You know, how you're not tripping over a bunch of gear and stuff like that. So I just kind of had a, a, a vision and I was like, all right, let's do this. And I had no idea how it was going to get done. So every day it seemed like I was changing my mind and kind of <laughs> going two steps forward, a step backwards, just trying to figure it all out. Um, so it was, it was a process. Um, but, you know, we made it happen. I love the boat, and uh, now I'm excited to start this next project, the 15.5. So, so on the first boat, what you didn't get to, like, look through holes or anything. You kind of just grabbed that one. Did you learn something about that hole, like, where you're like, oh, shit, I need to check these certain things. Like, I need to look at, you know, soft spots or, you know, whatever. Did yeah, you learn so, a couple well, things I about mean, that? I had heard, you know, after I was looking for the boats i had heard so much so many good things about it and how you know you see the guys over in hawaii that are you know out catching tuna and stuff on them i'm like well it's got to be pretty seaworthy well when i got it i mean the thing's paper thin and feels like it's going to fall apart and i'm like there's no way guys are taking this thing out into the ocean i mean it feels like it's right questionable in a lake yet alone like offshore um so yeah, I mean, the first thing that we did is, is lay a bunch of extra fiberglass on it. You know, we filled some areas with you know, the empty void pockets. Did you do a whole pockets. other layer of fiberglass yeah. on it? On, yeah. the, on the deck or on the bottom? Uh, both. So like on the gunnel walls, on the deck, we laid like core mat down. So, oh, uh, you know, like three ounce fiberglass, I think it was, um, and stiffened all that up. And then after we did all the wood planks, you know, the deck. Uh, on Why the didn't you use Kusa? Um, I guess I was probably scared of the price. Um, <laughs> the new boat, I just spent a thousand dollars in Kusa, but on the old boat, I, you know, I didn't really know. Are you going to do Kusa on the new boat? Yeah, I okay. already bought the wood or the Kusa, yeah. But on the old boat, uh, I didn't really have a direction, so I didn't really have a plan. We were just kind of winging it, so I didn't want to be scrapping a bunch of Kusa. Um, so we used like five eighths marine ply and we glassed both sides and, um, you know, I think it was, it was more just to get the concept down on that boat rather than build like the ultimate. I, I just wanted to prove that it would work and it would fish right and you know, the concept was, was right. So whether that turned into me doing another one or taking that and, and building our own skiff from scratch. Um, Which is that, the end game, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, amongst the other thousand other projects that I have, but um, yeah, I would say that would probably be like an ultimate goal at, at some point is to <laughs> to build my own, walking by. Sorry, guys. <laughs> to build my own boat from scratch. That'd be cool. Like, yeah. I think that that would be like not only that you'd have a, a coastal boat that people could like 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 a whaler, but for SoCal. You yeah. Know, like, its own little thing. I think that'd be super fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a, a void um, because, like I said, I mean, that boat fishes like a bigger boat. It handles like a bigger boat, um, but space is a premium. So before we did all the decking, you're tripping over rods, you're tripping over a tackle box. You know, if you got a kill bag, I mean, you're tripping over that, a bait tank. Um, that 14 foot turns into three feet. Remember when it beat you at Clash Royale? Oh, hey. <laughs> What's up, man? What's going on? Yeah, no, just do this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, dude. 
Yeah, I played class for all guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, now that we did all the the storage and um, and everything, now it fishes like. At a 17, 19 foot boat, it's pretty what did impressive. You, oh, so how did you figure the storage out? Like, what did you like do to make sure everything, the weight, like there's so many different variables. Did you just kind of trouble, like do it, see how it went. If you didn't like it, cut it, redo it. Like, no, I, I, I just winged it. Um, but I, I took some good educational guesses. So, you know, for example, everyone is like, oh, you can't put the console there. You can't run a 60. It's only rated for 40. It's gonna be way too heavy in the stern like it's is that not what you gonna, have on a 60? 60 dude that thing must fucking jam it does like 35 36 damn so it, it yeah it moves but uh yeah everyone was you telling a, me a Merc? it's a suzuki and the reason i went with the suzuki is it's the lightest of the 60s so and i think on that particular model the uh maybe the 50 horse is the same weight as the 60 so i was like well if you're gonna put a 50 on, why wouldn't you just put a 60 on if it's the same weight? So, right. um, why did you choose that that mode just for the light? The weight. Did you like how they run those Suzukis? Like, you know, what I'm saying. You know, like, I, I've never had a Suzuki. I've heard good things about them. Uh, the price point compared to the Yamahas and Mercurys and everything was was pretty. How attractive. much is a Suzuki? The price difference. <sighs> I don't know. I did some horse trading on the motor, so I don't even <laughs> know what I, I paid for it. But um, <laughs> shit, honestly, I don't even know. Maybe. Seven grand, seven okay. five hundred, something like so, that, maybe. You know, but then I did like the steering and the throttle and uh, the gauges and the stainless prop and all that stuff. So, oh, you, you know, have a stainless prop yeah. too. Yeah, Ooh, for I sure. I need to get one of those. Yeah, I can't fuck my prop up, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, just one of those things, you know, like uh, like I was saying, as far as uh, reliability, you know, I don't want to have an aluminum prop that folds up or something like that, you know. So. The extra couple hundred bucks for the stainless was worth it. Um, luckily, I think that the prop selection was pretty close as yeah, far as the pitch yeah. and diameter and all that stuff. So, you know, it pulls 6,000 RPM and does 35 and cruises at, you know, mid-20s. You know, What did you do for the, the bay tank and storage? Like, kind of what was your planning on that? Um, so, the bay tank was probably, like, the last thing that I kind of factored in um but i would say the first thing that i i needed to do is put weight up on the bow and uh i knew that i wanted to do a casting platform with some storage up on the bow but i needed to put weight there so we ended up building a fabricating an aluminum fuel cell so i got 13 gallons like the one you um, put up the same one um kind of yeah, that was for um, one of Pinchy's like MexiCat builds okay. for a buddy. Yeah. Um, but same concept, radius All bottom, right. so it kind of contoured the hull, and um, you know we went as big as we possibly could, um, height, width, everything, and fit it in there. So it's about 13 gallons. So fuel at whatever it is, six, That's seven pounds a gallon. That's your only fuel tank. That one in the yeah. Front. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, the range is what it, you know, 13 times eight or something like that so it's about 100 miles so it's it's good range and you know that's uh about 100 pounds on the you know all the way forward on the nose so um that definitely helped balance out the boat quite a bit um you know i i didn't want to put the console all the way forward i wanted to, to keep it kind of centered so if i have a buddy fishing he can cast off the bow i can cast off the stern and keep her distance stuff like that um, but that helped, like, on my boat, I moved it forward a lot. Right. And it helped so much. Like, my buddy Phil, he rode my boat when it was a side-by-side, -side, and I tore it out because it was never a center console. Yeah. And I moved it up because I'm like, fuck, the weight thing. I looked into it. My fuel tank's in the middle. And then we drove, and we were getting ready for, like, some chop. And we're like, dude, the fuck, it just went right through it. Like, it made a huge yeah. difference. And those little things that take into consideration, like people don't think about, like, oh, just put it back where it was, or if you move forward, it might help a little. Yeah. I know Jimmy Decker had a whaler, and I heard he moved his his uh, console forward on it, and it made a huge difference. Yeah. But. I mean, you know, I've I've been in the the motorsports industry for 20 years now, and drag racing and, and stuff like that for so many years. You kind of learn how weight distribution plays such a huge part in things. So, you know, when you start four cap, four scale 
counterbalancing your car and shifting weight around and you know seeing how the thing wants to launch at the drag strip and stuff like that and you know if it's off-road jumping in the air you really know that like just such minimal shifts in weight really play a huge part of uh even cutting through like cutting through water yeah so yeah. i mean it, it transfers over and and absolutely um you know it's on this new build you know there's there's a trade-off you know you you want the function but you always want the cosmetic and the um just the overall fit and feel so it's it's a balance and it's a trade-off but for sure you know the foundation's got to be right it's got to be balanced out um well thought out and you know if you're just shopping for a part that's readily available on the internet or amazon or you know some boat builder it's not going to happen <laughs> you know like I, I would say you know on that build everything's custom you know i don't think maybe some rod holders or something i went on amazon did and you make the switch panel yourself as well i had that made really yeah so that's that, that's one thing i saw I was like, this thing is bad as fuck because i had yeah. mine made mine's a piece of stainless i bought the uh i've read the switches i bought them on amazon right you know I, I didn't know but i had a buddy that's a welder so he just milled out everything i wanted i had a light for the builds on my builds if it goes off right but uh i never found a panel i liked and i saw yours and i'm like oh that's what i would have put on instead yeah it, you know it's it's not not cheap um but uh, I found a guy, Seastone Marine, back in Florida that, that did the panel for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine was probably expensive because it's using those Boca Tech switches, which have a built-in circuit breaker. So there's no additional fuse panel. Everything's oh, no built way. into the switch itself. How much are those fucking switches? They're probably like 80, 90 bucks a piece. It's still worth it because you don't have to have a fuse, right? You know what? For me, knowing that how small that console was and you yeah. know, sticking a battery in there and having shift cables, hydraulic steering cables, like I don't have the room for a switch panel and a distribution block and a battery shut off. And, and I didn't want to have a bunch of extra wires going to and from unnecessary places. So, you know, if the switch panel cost me a thousand bucks just to be able to look up in there and know which wire is going where. And if there's a issue that I need to troubleshoot all the wires are labeled I know exactly where it goes and it's super easy to bypass or do whatever I need to do where you look at some of these other boats it would take you 30 minutes just to figure out where the wiring's going I'm not gonna say the company or the boat but my buddy I'm not even gonna say the guy's name because I'll know what fuck and I opened it up because I'm a yeah. low voltage I used to be a low voltage electrician so I did by trade for a long time I'm an estimator but I know how to, I wired my own boat. I know what, how, the, how it all works. So he's like, hey, I can't get this fucking to work. So I open it up and I'm like, what Where the even start? fuck is that? And I saw the distribution block and it was like some piece of shit fucking connectors. Like, I was like, dude, I can't believe that you bought this boat for that much and this is how it looks. Yeah. Inside, horrible. I was like, this is so horrible, dude. Like, <laughs> I couldn't a, believe it. It's a it. hazard. It like, I'm like, dude, you paid that much money? Like for that fucking boat, and that's how it looks. Like, God, these guys are hacks, yeah. you know. And a lot of the boat dealerships, I get it. You got to make your money. You got to push through. But I, I, like, I'm like you, where I'm like, I want to know where everything. If something goes wrong, I know where to go. You know. I mean, I think one of my employees, he's got a boat that he's rewiring right now, and I had the same experience. He sent me pictures. He's like, all right, we need to clean up the wiring, and I was like, you just need to rip it all out and start from <laughs> scratch. Like, there's no like rewiring right. or cleaning it up. So, you know, I guess. When they got the boat, it had all the wiring for every accessory yeah. and option they had. But when they took delivery of the boat, it only had a couple different options. So you had just wires going everywhere that weren't connected to anything. And it's all zip tied together and electrical tape. And, you know, to try and figure out and trace wires, you're having to cut half the harness apart just to figure it out. Are so, you using aluminum coated in your boat? Yeah, all the marine grade. You are? Um, okay. I did. Not whatever. Fuck. I don't know what it's called. Because I'm like, I've rewired mine twice because I didn't like things. So I redid it and I had a different switch panel. So I did it again. But now I'm like, I'm looking at Nexus lithiums. Do you have lithiums in your boat? The batteries? No, it's just got a lead acid. So I'm, I'm for weight wise, I got a trolling motor. So I'm like, I want to see some people beat them up first before I buy them. Because I'm not sure that a lithium will take the same beating in the salt that it will when you're in freshwater right. tournament fishing. Yeah. Compared to where I'm beating the fuck out of things, slamming sometimes. I don't. I've heard people blow them up and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I might kind of dive into that uh, 
you know, lithium lighter weight kind of thing on this new build. I'm not sure. Um, you don't yeah. have a trolling motor, are you? Just, no. Okay. Yeah. So. Can you hold I, on I mean, one second? I gotta piss really yeah. bad. <laughs> Do you have to pee? You good? Yeah, no, we're good. All right. Good. All right, we're back at it. I had to pee. Sorry, guys. I'm drinking beer. Um, lithium batteries, new build. That's what we we're talking about. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot about them uh, <clears throat> with some of our other stuff that we manufacture and play with. Uh, the little ride-on scooters, cooler things that we make. Oh, Whis you do some of that too? Yeah, the whiskey chariots. Um, what are those? Oh, <laughs> oh god. Hey, what does that mean? Please tell me what that means. <laughs> it's basically a high-powered electric ride-on cooler with full suspension, hydraulic disc brakes. They Wait, do. you make these? Yeah. Whoa, this is a whole nother. Okay, please. How, how did it come about? What? What? Please tell me all about this. Yeah, so um, I guess that was uh, Halloween 2019, uh, taking the kids trick-or-treating, chasing them around for three hours. Some of my buddies were dragging big ass, like heavy Yeti coolers. <laughs> some of us were on bicycles. You know, some of us were walking. My back was hurting, and I'm like, there's got to be a way that, like, we can have a motorized cooler that we can ride around on and i've seen i've seen them in the past you know i definitely am not the first person that's made a motorized cooler but um you know we've we've done a lot of private label manufacturing for some bike manufacturers and stuff like that and we've made electric motor conversions for dirt bikes off-road mountain bike kind of applications so i'm like all right what if we take that and kind of put it on a cooler and build like an ATV style suspension that you can take it off road and up hills and everything. So yeah, we kind of whipped one up. We cut up a ATV and stole the rear swing arm axle, <laughs> A-arms, all that stuff, built a chassis and put yeah. a cooler on it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now we do everything kind of in-house. Uh, we build our own frames, our own spindles, A-arms, swing this is, arms. Is this steering. your own deal or are you doing it for something? No, we do it for yeah ourselves. Oh, so yeah. you sell those. It's yeah. like something. Uh, how fast do they go? About 35. Uh, 25 to 35. Enough to get hurt. <laughs> have you got hurt? It's the question. I haven't crashed yet. <laughs> yet. Um, yeah, yet. It's bound to happen. Um, but yeah, they're they're pretty rad. So, um, you know, that. And you use lithiums on those. Yeah, so that's uh, anywhere from 48 volt to 86 volt oh, um, on those. And anywhere from... 1500 watt to 8000 watt wow so you know a lot about this shit this isn't like you've been doing it forever so it's like you know about yeah I'm just about everything building i i know enough to get me in trouble i guess um <laughs> I'm, I'm not an expert by any means but i've i've messed around with it for quite some time now yeah the lithium was one that i tried to get some and i'm like i was going to and then i heard two people tell me they exploded on people like uh, this was this was like a year ago, maybe charging like, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something I don't know yeah. on their boat. I'm like, fuck, I don't want that. You know, I don't know, and I don't know the beating. That's yeah, the thing is, you know, I, don't I think know uh, you know, you look at some of like the imported Chinese like battery packs um, and the chargers and stuff like that, and I think they're pretty sketch. But um, the high end lithium stuff, I mean, it's got the the battery management system and the good chargers and all the safety kind of features and stuff like that. Um, you don't really see too many problems with those, um, but there's a reason that the battery is fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand bucks or something like that. So you I, know, I talked to someone that told me that you uh, you could buy the cells and make your own fucking battery, and that's what a lot of these companies are doing. I heard. Yeah. Like these new, because if you look fishing wise, you'll see like fucking ten, fifteen, twenty. It's like a new bait. Right. And you you're seeing different ones. You're going, well, what's different about this one than that one? And I heard, hey, you can go buy these cells, wire it up yourself, and then sell them. I mean, there's I've obviously, yeah, you could probably find a thousand YouTube videos on how to do it. Um, and for like a do-it-yourselfer guy, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, there's opportunity costs. So, you know, you could sit there and, and spend 20 hours trying to, you know, put your own battery pack together. Or you could buy something from a proven manufacturer. So it, it, it depends. I mean, there's certain... Um, examples and applications to where you know a hobbyist wants to build their own battery pack but for someone like myself that's selling a product with a battery you have to go through all the certain you know proper steps and having someone that 
does it with all the certifications and insurance and stuff like that, you know. So if there is, God forbid, some sort of a problem, you know, Dina, they're backed and stuff. Yeah, okay. there's there's quality control involved um, and testing and yeah, making yeah. sure that there's not going to be, you know, a problem. So, you know, I would say all the all the problems that you see with lithium batteries exploding in someone's you know apartment building or garage <laughs> or something like that. It's usually someone that's trying to put it together, you know, on their own. So um, tweakers, yeah, I mean, <laughs> can definitely be done. Um, but you know, usually it, it looks rudimentary at best. You know, it's kind of like a pack that's wrapped in duct tape, exactly, <laughs> with some shrink wrap or something like that. You know, yeah, that's how it, it looks it. like a brick of Coke or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, so when you're building the the, the the previous boat, um, did you sell that boat or no? Which one? The the first one. That's you're making your second right now, right? Uh, the Livingston. Yeah. No, the Livingston. I still have. You're that's not going to sell it ever. That's yeah, your, your prototype. No, that's, that's like my my prototype. baby kind of. I don't know. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I kind of hold on to stuff. Um, and you got a shop, so it's easy, right? Yeah. Well, it's not easy when you got a couple boats. <laughs> um, I got one in my garage, a couple at the shop, some at my buddy's shop. Um, I'll I'll entertain that when the new one's done. Um, but you know, I I really wanted to catch a, a cow on it last year. That was like the whole goal of building this thing is I want to catch a 200 pound tune on a 14 foot boat. You know, like by myself. Dude. Um, that didn't happen. And uh, of course, like midway through the build, that fish stormed the beach, and I was panicking that my boat wasn't done. And I ended up going out and buying a 13 foot Del Mar off a of buddy. And uh, we were fishing off the beach for a couple of weeks with that, getting you know that 60 to 80 pound grade on the What's jigs. What's the difference on a Del Mar? It's just a, a V bottom kind of centered console. Uh, little different layout. Um, it's kind of goofy looking. I remember when I first saw it. It looks. Is it, it the pointy? Is that a yeah, point? Yeah, it looks like That's an elf one toe or something. Like people. We got reposted a lot. That, yeah, was so it that, that one, one. Yeah, that one was right. on uh, YouTube and Buddy Dex and all that stuff. Yeah, so we had yeah. a, a couple of good days on that thing where we just shot out after work and you know that fish was five to eight miles off the beach and it was really really good fishing. What did you get in that boat? Uh, I, I mean, like what was a big fish? Uh, like 80, 80 pounds. But you want a two hundred? Yeah, I mean that's a two hundred pounds going to be that stuff on the kite or the flyer or something like that probably. Um, we didn't see any of that bigger stuff. There's probably some some hundred pound grade mix in there. I mean, I, I lost a couple fish. Um, that felt pretty good, but who knows what it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that stuff closer to the beach was a little bit on the smaller side, um, but super, super fun. I mean, that it was like stuff that kind of would you remember for the rest of your life. I mean, it was like so surreal. The, Chovy balls just balling up and literally jumping in the boat and even the fish. video you put up of you guys like kind of doing it up I was like fuck that's sick you yeah know, like. so like the video that was kind of posted yeah. um I mean literally that tuna was in a hundred feet of water like in closer than like the rock cod grounds it was shit it was crazy I mean we're literally coming out of the harbor and we're like that's a foamer right there we're like there's no way like are we seeing stuff or like <laughs> what's going on and it was. I mean, not even a mile off the beach and uh, slid into that and just got surrounded by fish and uh, yeah, caught a couple there and we, we released all those. So um, the day before, maybe two days before we caught a couple that we kept. So um, no reason to just kill fish to kill fish, but right. um, that was, that was pretty sweet. What did you, uh, what have you learned from the previous build uh, that you didn't like are you kind of maybe not fucked up but like was like this doesn't work the way i wanted to um <clears throat> like something you're not going to do on the next build. yeah so i mean like you know i'd probably try and cut some weight out you know if i can um what know, did you add that made it heavy um like the wood i guess for the platforms you know so now we're using the kusa stuff I'd say it was 40%, right? It's quite a bit lighter, yeah. you know, and instead of like five eighths, uh, we're going to use half inch. Um, I don't know. I mean, half I, inch, I, huh? Yeah. I used five eighths on mine. Yeah. And I, I'm, I didn't know what I was doing. 
So I added another layer just for, you know, yeah. of a, I forgot what fucking mat I used. I added a layer of that. I uh, floated it all out, but I, uh, I, you know, smoothed it all out so it looked like, so my aluminum looks like the tops of uh, right. a fiberglass, but it's not because I just did everything with the uh, bright side. Interlux, and it came out great. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, that's another thing is a, a buddy of mine, Paul, he, uh, on, you know, the Anapau, I think, down here? Yeah, it's the research boat. He's built a lot oh, of okay. boats. He's, he's done a lot of crazy shit with the Kusa. He turned me on to that. And I couldn't find it for a while. And there's a place by me that ships it in and has it all done. Uh-huh. Uh, Do they have it right boat. now? Yeah, you can probably get it right now. Okay. Yeah, supposedly it's really hard to get right now. They so. have it right now because they, they've got And I, the thing is crazy is I worked on their fire alarm system when I was a technician at this place. Uh-huh. So I went there and I'm like, I've fucking been here. I did all the fire alarm. <laughs> you guys were fucked forever, you know. And yeah. he's like, oh. And I talked to the contact I knew there. And, and I, I'll give you the name if I got to look at the email. But it's in Santa Fe Springs. Oh, okay. And they and yeah, I, gave, I, think I had a shitload, and I gave it to uh, Christian Sikas from Sikas Sport right. Fishing. But I just didn't need it. I'm like, take it, dude. But that shit will fucking make you so itchy. <laughs> like, it's like I'm just, rubbing fiberglass. I'm my fingers right now. Dude, I, I don't got, even want to think yeah, about it. Yeah. Because I remember cutting that and doing everything and coming in, and I didn't have, like, a full body suit right. on. It was, like, four days I couldn't get rid you of it. You got chicken pox. Dude. And I used to do air conditioning, so I know how to wrap yeah. ducks, all that. And I'm like, this is horrible. So I got the full suit, yeah. did all my cuts, but it's so light and strong. It's like the hatches are all made out of coos. So I just doubled up everything, you know? Yeah, so I think like one of the things that I'm going to do different this time, uh, I ordered some fiberglass uh, gutter-style hatches from back east, I think, that are going to be a bit lighter than um, some of the hatches that I bought for the last boat, which are all aluminum um from boat outfitters in florida so they make a lot of cool shit they have it's right? awesome they got a great they do acoustic stuff as well too right i'm sure they do i i think I, I saw that they sold sheet and it was super expensive and obviously the shipping to california would be oh, ridiculous God. for a couple sheets of four by eight or whatever but um you know their website's awesome you just put in your dimensions it spits out a price it tells you it's gonna be built in five to seven days or something you're like doing, that you're doing uh what type of hatches are they in it's like a fiberglass like a oem style uh gutter drain you know hatch fiberglass lid and they make the boat offers they'll make door they'll make everything all the hatches anything you yeah want. so they don't make those there's a couple guys that i found online that that do like a diy um hatch setup but i mean i think with those it's got to be glassed in it's okay. not something that gets screwed in so the boat outfitters set up i mean it was the quality, everything about it was bitching. Super easy to install. They work great, um, but they are a little heavy. You know, for one or two hatches, not that big of a deal. I think on the new build, we're going to do four in the floor, one on the deck in the front, and maybe two in the rear. So, you know, if each hatch is 20 pounds or something like that, it all adds it's up. It's a lot. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I did, I did a little bit of starboard. I should know because yeah, it's fucking heavy. warps and piece of shit. But I use like the, my hatches. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the actual, you know, like the frame of the hatch out of starboard. Right. Because I'm bolting that shit through on my center console. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I mean, I wish I would have done like a Kusa, like door, actual hatch, you know, instead of a fucking starboard. Yeah. One. I just feel like the sun warps and my shit's outside, you know? Yeah. It serves its purpose, you know? Yeah. I, um, it's heavy though it is you know especially when you have a, a big piece of it you know it doesn't seem like it'd be too heavy Dude, when i first was researching my boat i thought about doing the whole thing in starboard and my buddy's like don't fucking do it because it's so easy because yeah. you don't have to finish it yeah screw it in done it's super easy to work with yeah super easy it's not it's messy like, cuts easy dude, trims but, yeah but expensive as fuck for big sheets and uh the the sun would probably warp it after time yeah. being out there so long that's when i says it's like this is the way even you've seen like a you ever seen tiny boat nation i don't think so the dude does builds he rebuilds like a little aluminum it's freshwater stuff okay. but it's really cool because what he'll do is uh he'll he'll like do the whole frame and it's rivets you know i mean of course right. we'd rather well but it's more yeah. like a diy yeah but he uses kusa that's kind of another guy so i do it he's like you're so expensive i'll use plywood and I'm like for for fresh. You don't need, you don't need Kusa. I don't. Yeah, think. it's it's funny. I mean, I, I I bought a couple sheets off my buddy 
yesterday and I, I posted a picture on one of my stories on Instagram and there's probably 20 people that hit me up they're like where'd you get that and I'm like oh I got it from my buddy they're like does he have any more like someone had told me that it was kind of hard to get right now and everyone was out of stock to like June or July or something like that um, you know maybe up in like Oxnard Ventura area or LA something like that they got it but I, I know down in San Diego it's pretty hard to get right now so uh, it works so good man it, it's a lifesaver for yeah. sure you know um, so on the new boat what size is it what's the plan on the motor are you going to go a fucking 90? What's the plan? 115, baby. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. On a, what's, it's a five? A 15.5. So it's a foot and a half longer. Um, again, on that one, I, I'm, I ordered a Mercury XS 115. Um, the rumors are they're rated closer to 130 horse. And it's, it's, like, a, it's like a 115 show for Yamaha, kind of. Um, I think the 115 like show does 130. It's like a 130 kind of, right? Um. I mean, I, I'm not ultra familiar with the, the motors. Um, Why did you pick that motor? Was it weight? The weight. Okay. So that They're one's light. 50 pounds lighter than a Suzuki 115. Oh, wow. So the Suzuki 115 and the 140 are the same weight. So I almost put a 140 on, but... Uh, Fuck. I, I Do you know how fast you would have gone, dude? Yeah, I'm a fucking <laughs> You want to die, bro? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, everything I build is over the top and super crazy fast and yeah we build right on coolers and do 35 so <laughs> go figure yeah um but yeah i mean i figured that you know if it made 115 125 whatever uh i'm gonna put a jack plate on it so i can lift up the motor when it's running a little less drag um you know and i think i started looking at the fuel economy numbers and stuff like that not that at that power level it really is but that big of a you deal think but of the gas tank size yeah so you know range and um you know i'm not <laughs> building you know a full-size freeman you know i'm building a skiff yeah, and it's course. uh you know i'm not trying to do 50. um you know if the thing cruises at mid to high 20s you know i'm pretty good with that that's great so that'd be awesome um yeah it should be Hopefully, you know, we'll see. But I, I think Have it's, you taken your, what's the farthest you've taken the boat you have now? Uh, like 25 miles offshore. You've gone to Cat in it? No, because we're down in San Diego. So, I mean, that's a 60 plus mile run, you oh, know. But for us, it's not. I mean, up here, it's not Yeah. Bad. So, I mean, due west, maybe that's the. Uh, Coronados? Have you gone to Coronados in it? No, not yet. Um, How far is Coronados from you? If you launch out of um, San Diego, I think it's. 15 miles or 20 miles it's not that far um you would do it you don't have oh yeah 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 that that, that's that's easy um you know but i i like chasing tuna i like kind of being out there by myself and trying to find my own fish and you know it's that like hunting aspect to where it's you know when you do everything yourself it's that much more gratifying you know the nautos are cool but i think the last couple times i've been there there's been like almost a hundred boats like driving <laughs> over each other and catching each other's lures and you're like you know it's biting but um will you take it down to mexico and fish like in mexican waters yeah so um i mean i've never been down to mexico like uh other than on a sport boat fishing um but when we went down to pick up the new boat in bay of la we wanted to to fish that area whether it was on that boat that i bought or uh, a guide or something like that so i was that was one of the intriguing things about the whole trip is going down there and buying a boat and trying to fish for a couple days and and seeing what it was all about um just wrong time of the year it was too windy so we got kind of screwed you know i i planned it i looked at the weather and i booked the hotel and kind of figured when I was gonna go and then the wind changed and then I was like okay well what if we stay an extra day and then the guide was like hey it's not gonna be good till this weekend or something so he's like I could take your money if you know, you really want to go fishing <laughs> At least he's truthful yeah about but it, he's you know? like it's gonna suck he's straight up he's like I could take you bottom fishing and I'm like nah I'm not really down with bottom fishing you know I want to throw jigs at Yellowtail and Cabrilla and stuff like that so we'll, we'll go back um, and it, it would be cool to bring you know your own skiff down there and I would, kind of I, hire I, a guide and have dude, them I would, show your own. I want to do that. So yeah. I'd be like, man, I want to drag my boat down there and do it just to take my boat to say I did it one time. Yeah. Maybe get a couple dudes, do a tiny boat fucking takeover, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, 
it's uh, we got a lot of plans for the the little mini skiff mafia. Um, Did you make a Instagram yet? <laughs> no, but you know, a bunch of my buddies kind of got into the, these smaller boats, and it's kind of turned into a little competition of who can put the biggest fish on the boat. You know, so hopefully this year. I don't know that big fish it never really seemed to settle at the island like it usually does um which is a little easier to get to than say cortez or tanner or something like that so it was a little bit out of range for the little skiffs but uh you know hopefully this year we can find some of that bigger fish a little closer i'd be cool as fuck man yeah um next thing we need to talk about which i think this is the fucking best invention ever especially for guys that have little skiffs is your rod holder yeah well you can pull it out because you can see yeah, it on camera so, uh, talking about it i brought this one for you awesome um, dude. that's one of the two Fuck rod yeah. deals look at this so you hold it up because it's going to be better on your camera kind of show them and explain it like yeah, break so, it all down yeah so basically uh it uses a, a suction mount <laughs> cup here that uh you pump down right here into, on any flat surface um what makes this unique is the fact that it's adjustable so a lot of times you know you can put it on a bait tank or uh, stern, something like that, but you can loosen this guy up, you can readjust it, Dude, that and then lock it down. Sick, so, um, you know, a lot of, there's some other ones that use suction cups to mount, but usually it's like a plastic, a little bit smaller diameter, so it doesn't fit any of like the West Coast style rods. Um, you know, if you're if you want to mount it vertically, horizontally, anything like that, it's super universal. Um, we do. This is so good for even like, it, it's not just like a freshwater thing or saltwater. It's a freshwater because it was like I have on my Abbott Center console, and when I'm just fishing two rods and I want them next to me, fucking right yeah, there. So, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, this idea uh, came up from fishing on the sport boats. I bought a an SKB box a long time ago because it has the built-in rod holders and we did a long range trip and I'm like this is bitching you got four rods right by the bait tank you know you got your whatever it is that you're fishing with uh, readily accessible it's cool um, well yeah not every boat has clearance uh, for those rods yeah. you know so if you're not like the first one or two dudes on the boat sometimes you don't have a spot to put your tackle box um, and then you're screwed and then you know, if you fish a seven and a half foot, eight foot, you know, nine foot rod, you're, um, you're screwed. You're putting it at an angle. You're throwing it in a trash can. Like, who knows what? Yeah. So not to mention that thing's big. It's bulky. It's hard to just throw over your shoulder. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, you really sure. don't bring that much tackle on like a day and a half. You couple flat falls and some hooks and floral. That's really all you need, you know? So I ended up just getting a backpack. And I figured I could build something like this. I would just stick right onto the side of the boat or on the bait tank, something like that. So during the day, you're fishing your fly line stuff. You have a, you know, whatever it is, a 25 and a 40 or 30 and a, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's right there. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, when the bite is hot, you know, whether you catch one and your leader's chafed and you don't have time to tie on a new hook or whatever it is you just grab a new rod throw it out there and i mean i can't tell you how beneficial um it's been you know all my buddies that have them they kind of rave by them and it's here it's a big deal and you also yeah. make uh different size ones right yeah so this is the two rod we do a four and an eight rod so the four rod's great for you know, your skiffs or, you know, on the sport boats, if we got kite gear and your buddies will put them up on the bow um, with all the kite rods, then yeah, literally yeah. you will have three or four kite rods, 50 wides, ready to go, flyers rigged up in a cooler on the bow, and uh, yeah. it just deploys in seconds. You're not having to go find where your rod is. I mean, um, I can't tell you how many times people have thought my rods were rental rods, even after I had them all <laughs> custom wrapped. You know, I... I, I had yeah. one experience where I was, I put all my rods on I, on the boat and I didn't put the reels on yet. And I'd sitting there putting some reels on. I see an older gentleman walk by with his gold reel and looked like it was my rod. And I was like, hey, where'd you get that rod? He's like, oh, I bought it so-and-so. I'm like, are you sure? Because that looks like my rod. He's like, oh, I'm positive. And I'm like, well, why don't you look at it? Because it's got my logo on it. And he looks down. He's like, oh, shit. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good to kind of keep tabs on, on your stuff. But, you know, obviously this transitioned over into the, the private boat kind of skiff stuff. So 
let's say uh, you're chasing, you know, foamers and you're throwing poppers and stuff like that, you want to have two rods up on the bow. If you don't have, you know, exactly. rod holders or something like that, you can run up to the bow, grab your rod, cast it out, and it's ready to go. You know, or if you're just rigging um, at the bait barge or something, you can have that on the bait tank. You can rig up your rods, and you can move it to the console or wherever it's out of the way. You know, it, it sucks down in seconds, so it's super universal. You can take it on your buddy's boat. Um, you know, they, they, they work really well. It's no, got I de de I, my buddy has that whaler, and I'd be like, this is the first thing. He has no fucking rod holders. Yeah. I'm like, and every time I just usually have two in the front with me, but it's always in the way. But this is, like, perfect. Even on my boat, because I have that center console, I have nowhere to put the rods up front with me. I got to walk to the back. Yeah. My leaning post has 10 holders on it. So I walk to the back, go get a rod. Now I'm like, I can use the two I'm focusing on. Put it there. This is a fucking game yeah. changer. Yeah. So I and mean, it the, doesn't the, stick out far. It's not like, hey, it sticks out fucking. Yeah. I mean, know? obviously, you know, we machine everything in-house. Everything's fully welded and 100% built in my shop. Um, so, you know, when I designed it, I made it as compact as possible, um, you know, with, with all that in mind. So, yeah, I mean, we tried to... Check what all is the boxes. A, is this all? Is this its own website, or is this all through? Um, yeah, if you go to Assault Weapon Marine, um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's Race Proven Motors, and then when you get to the main company page, you can click on one of our. It's on your companies. link on Instagram. It'll yeah, come well, there's a, yeah, the Instagram Assault Weapon Marine, and then if you go, I think if you just type it in on Google or something like that, um, it'll pop up on a website. So it's got that and like our balloon cradles and stuff like that for all the kite fishing what is it can you talk pricing so people might know yeah i think this one's 295 okay uh i believe the four rods 495 and the eight rod is 695 something like that what a um, fucking like game changer yeah so the, the eight rod's pretty cool um does it come with like two suction that one's got three three so okay. each suction is rated for 220 pounds of oh, pull four so um yeah, they're, they're pretty strong, you know, as long as you put it on a clean surface and it sucks down. I mean, we've taken them on long-range ships, some of my customers, for 10 days and never touch the thing, and Damn. it just stays on. Um, with the 8-rod deal, you know, you can stick it on the, the tailgate of your truck or the back window of your truck and transport all your rods down to the dock or something like that. You know, if you got coolers and kill bags and stuff like that and you don't want your rods getting all thrashed up laying yeah, in the back no, of your no, truck, of course. Um, you can suck those things down tilted at a 45 degree angle so they're not hitting the bridges while you're driving down the freeway um and then when you get to the dock or you know if you got a boat down there you can take it off and literally put it on your t-top in front of your other rocket launchers so now you got 16 rods um, when you need it so you know it's definitely multi-purpose uh pretty cool you know I, I use them on my skiff now uh, you know i thought about permanently screwing on some rod holders um, but a lot of times you know if I take the kids out like you don't want to be running into the rod holders and you know if you go to clean the boat you don't want to be scrubbing around you know trying to get a toothbrush out to get blood you know back behind the rod holder so you can just pull these things off and grab your brush and you're good clean go. the boat and it's good to go so, no no I agree yeah. 100% that's that's a it's very convenient yeah that's the biggest thing for me especially when you have fucking kids you got to be convenient. Yeah. Because, like, when I take my little, my, my middle son fishing, it's like, dude, we had squid everywhere. Baits fucking, you know, they don't give a shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, give me a new one. Throw that one to the side. Throw it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the fucking ground. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, it, you know, this last season, you know, we had a, a lot of night fishing, and I'm not really too much of an early morning person so I'm sleeping half the time just standing there on deck trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on but you know it's uh, having this back by your tackle box with two rods rigged up ready to go not sitting in a tackle box or a backpack that's falling over and you don't have to worry about strapping yeah. it down with bungee cords and stuff like that you know sometimes they want that SK sometimes they want the streaker knife jig you know whatever it is um and being able to to switch your rods that fast it, it, i mean it, it makes a huge difference I, you know I rather than having to go find where your rod is 60 feet away i mean I, I can't tell you how many times you know i've i've hooked a fish either landed the fish or you know 
something happened to where you know I was like this isn't working or my leader was chafed or something like that and then I just reach over grab another rod cast it out 15 seconds later boom yeah. you're bit again like that <laughs> yeah. wouldn't happen if you had to walk 40 50 feet like to grab another rod and figure out where it is or tie something on so um, for sure a lot of like um, you know my success I guess like on some of the sport boat stuff could be attributed this. to that it's for a, sure and it's like uh, investing in what you're doing like I know sometimes people go oh, I don't want to spend this much money on this I'm like well you buy a fucking $400 rod why wouldn't you want the rod holder to yeah. make everything well, life easier? It, I mean, there's no doubt that it's expensive, but no, I don't you know, think it is. Quality, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, quality comes with a price. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. just trying to, you know, put food on the table and do what I can for the family. So, you know, time and materials, and that's kind of what it is. You know, it's not like we're buying something from overseas, doubling our money, and you know, selling it to you. There's a lot of hard work. You know, it's. Uh, one, two, three, four, five CNC machine parts. There's, you know, flared tubes, some precision TIG welding involved. I mean, there's no even the, a everything, lot that goes the brackets, into it. everything looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, how many guys take five grand worth of gear on the boat, you know? So, what's 250 bucks? But um, again, it, uh, you pay a lot of money to go on that yeah. trip and it's, you don't really want to cut corners. I mean, if there's, if you could pay 200 bucks to like increase your chances of catching a fish, whether it's, you know, buying a, a fresh dead flyer versus something yeah. that's been sitting in your yeah. freezer for six months, um, you know, guaranteed it's having whatever you got to do to, to have your stuff accessible and ready to go. It, it's gonna it's help you. It's another tool that gives you an edge. Yeah, that's all. That for to sure. me, I'm like, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. But, um, let's plug everywhere people can grab your stuff. Uh, website, they want to check the boats out. Yeah, um, the company's Race Proven Motors. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the pro podcast, uh, we started off with a lot of motorsport stuff, and if you go to that homepage, you can kind of branch off and buy ride on coolers you can buy some marine product uh we do a lot of force induction turbocharged <laughs> weird motorsports parts still we're kind of all over the place um instagram assault weapon marine uh, that'll kind of get you most yeah. of the pictures product information stuff like that um yeah i, mean, I would say if you kind of follow any of those uh that's where you can find Steps, it. That's where you can find it for um, sure. I'm hoping to to get an, you back on on the next boat build because I'm I'm dork I dork out on that shit. Yeah. So it's like I can't wait for the next one to come out. How long is the next going to take you? Year? I hope not. Um, <laughs> you know, not now. I've I've I I've, this summer, I, huh? I just finished the whole <laughs> process. You know, a couple months ago, and I've only fished the boat. You know, maybe a dozen times or so. Yeah. So I, you know, now going through the process, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do and how to do it and um, you know a little bit better planning we're not winging it you know so much anymore um, you know I'm trying to buy all this stuff ahead of time so when it's time to go um, it's there you know last year with supply chain issues you know you're like halfway through and you're like oh shit we should do a hatch here well you know now all of a sudden that hatch is you know two to three months back ordered or yeah, whatever it yeah. is and then you can't really do anything until you get that part so it, it seemed to just take forever. So hopefully we're going to try and hopefully eliminate some of those. Of this, yeah. This build around, yeah. You know, but again, um, I got the other boat, which, um, you know, it's so searching for that fish right on that boat. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I, <laughs> I, I can't wait to get a, a couple good fish on it. Um, so yeah, I'm not in any hurry, you know, to finish it, but, um, it, it's going to be exciting. I mean, I like having little projects, you know, outside of, of work, you know, it's, uh, Unfortunately, when you do stuff on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, mm -hmm. when I got into this business, you know, I'm like, oh, let's, you know, build race cars. It's going to be awesome. Like, I already tinker with my own stuff. It's going to give me all this time and ability to, to build more cars and whatnot. And it kind of just burns you out after a while. You know, you try and go out and spend some personal time just kind of relaxing. And then all your customers come up and they're wanting you to check out their cars or, you know, tune their cars or fix something or something like that. So... 
at least when you're out in the ocean, it doesn't seem like anyone wants any party. They all want a, their own oh, soon space, enough. you know. Soon so, enough they will. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard <laughs> to fix something out on the water. But, um, yeah, you know, so this is kind of uh, just something that I enjoy. And I, I like tinkering with stuff. So um, it's been a cool process. And, no, it's all, everything you, know. you brought forward has been amazing, dude. Super cool. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thank you yeah, for this, man. Yeah, absolutely. This thanks is for like a me game changer for me, man. I'm yeah, stoked it's going to be bitching. Yeah. Thanks again for coming cool, on, Mike, yeah, and uh, I can't me. wait to have you back yeah, on. Dude. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. All right.